many years ago, the great British explorer George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it. He said because it is there. Well, space is there. And we're going to climb it. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. <laughs> you want some sexy, you want to laugh, license to talk. License to Talk is brought to you by Good Speeds Beverage Center. 2202 Seneca Street. They got seltzers, heavy beers, light beers. Get Tommy off his ass and have him help you out at Good Speeds Beverage Center. First in Buffalo, firemen own and operate 391 Abbott Road. Custom t-shirts, custom hats. Get your custom gear at First in Buffalo. Mr. Submarine. 1977 South Park Avenue, serving South Buffalo since 1963. Lowest prices in town. Try the ham sub, salt and pepper. Tell license to talk, sent ya. Bottle Rocket Beer Reserve, 2182 Seneca Street. They got a, you can book your private events there. A lot going on. The rocket is stocked and ready to rock. Go Bills. Vinyl Vibes. Check them out on the gram at Vinyl Vibes Buffalo. Vinyl stickers, decals, and custom designs created by our boy Quails at Vinyl Vibes. Dog Ears Bookstore. 688 Abbey Road. Don't get your coffee from Timmy when you can get it from Tommy. Get in there, support a local business, buy a book, and read something. Charlie's Boatyard. 1111 Furman Boulevard, great fish fries, great sunset, service is great, drinks are cool at Charlie's Boatyard. All right, Marky, episode 73. Our guest is an empowerment coach who can let you be heard in a safe space. She's been described by her peers as a natural-born listener, and today she's going to talk. Megan Mann, welcome to the program. Thanks, guys. Nice to connect with you after so long, and thank you for having me. No problem. So let's tell the listeners what you do, you're doing now. You're creating a space for what? Yeah, so I'm creating a space uh, which is called A Call to Heal, uh, for people to come and heal, essentially. I think maybe people don't realize that they need healing, but a lot of indicators in our life can tell us that healing is needed. Um, we've all gone through our own different traumas and experiences, life-changing experiences that we maybe haven't fully digested and coped with in a healthy way. A lot of times we go to the numbing space. So I wanna bring in a space that people can come in, ask questions, uh, learn from different experts, um, feel comfortable in a community where everybody's learning together that everybody doesn't have it all figured out and really expose people. You know, I've loved to experiment with so many different um, practices over the years and I want to create kind of this tapas of experiences because what works for me won't work for you so that's really what a call to heal is all about is just let's learn together grow together and experience different things together and uh, hopefully if it's a safe enough space for people that they feel safe to to do that you know and to ask questions yeah and like South Buffalo it's funny because like we're like really um 
I'm asking for a friend kind of people. Do you get a lot of that from our neighborhood, especially? Yeah, I, I feel like when I grew up, it was a lot of like sweep things under the rug kind of mentality, you know, like not really address the real issues and or just kind of say that's just the way they are or, oh, you know them. And really, that's kind of bypassing deeper things that are going on with different people instead of judging them, you know, based on what you think is going on, maybe asking them, like, are they okay? Anything they want to talk about, you know, the more we start to loosen these knots up, you know, the more we can kind of come in and have these conversations. And I feel like now is the time, like people are really struggling and you can't continue doing things the way you've been doing it. My teacher would always say, what got you here won't get you there. Like may have worked for a while, but now it's time to really face these things. And I know it's not easy. It's, it can be really scary to, you know, a lot of people have experienced really deep things that probably you and I don't even know about, and they've never told anybody about. So, you know, it's, it's really just creating this environment where people feel okay to come forward and say, Hey, I don't have it all figured out hey, this experience just came to my awareness after 20 years. I never dealt with it. What do I do? How do I go forward? And a lot of times they lead to addictions. And then we categorize people as addicts and we separate them from us. Like, oh, it's those people, you know, but well, why are they addicts in the first place? You know, why are they, why are they into the drugs in the first place? It's not just because it's addictive. There's something there that is not being addressed and that's why they're going to these things. So it's really going to the root of things versus this surface level that we're all kind of hanging out in. Well, I've been saying, you know, people say, hey, you ever need anything? Give me a call if you want to talk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I always say I'm going to talk to a pro, not a bro. Yeah, yeah, but why? Why is that? I guess my question to you. Because you know I, I why, Meg? Because these yeah. guys got big mouths around here. You can't. You yeah. can't really yeah. spill your guts to somebody. You got to go to a professional. So I tell everybody, go to a professional. Yeah. Do you yeah. consider your? And, uh, I mean, an empowerment coach. Would you call that a life coach, sort of? And yeah, and, and you, you are totally, uh, what's confidential? Obviously, all these sessions yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I get it, you know, and, and, and then bring in the masculine element too, you know, it's like a lot of the men, and we all have feminine masculine, by the way, I have a lot of masculine inside of me, but I also have feminine and I was born as a female, but it's really trying to kind of balance that, like you can, you can be in your masculine, but you can also soften up and say, you know, I really need to talk to somebody. And, you know, if you don't have that friend that you can really trust, which you know, I think is sad. And that's why in the beginning, when I've launched it, I said, there's no gossip, like we're not talking about what anybody shares in this space, because this is how you create a safe space. And this is exactly why people are not coming forward to share with their friends and family, their difficulties, because they don't trust, you know, they, right. they feel like it's just going to be blabbed to the you know, the, the neighbor or the aunt or the cousin. And so it's really creating this safe space. And I really, I really do work on that with my clients. Then anybody that signs up for the event, I don't tell anybody who's signing up. You know, this sure. is really confidential, so that people can feel more relaxed. You know, and feel like, hey, I could be anonymous if I want to. I don't need to put my name. I can turn my video off, and the only person that knows who they sign up is me. Sure. So, I'm building a relationship with you know each person that's signing up to say. 
you know, I'm not telling people who's signing up. So I hope that they can start to build that trust um, and, and start coming, you know, and being community because there is a huge power in being in community and hearing other people share what they're struggling with, mm-hmm. you know, cause you quickly realize like, oh, I'm not alone. You know, oh, they have those thoughts. They have those judgments. They're struggling in this area. Their relationship's falling apart, you know? And it, it just makes things a little bit more settled because we think we're just going through these problems by ourselves, but the collective is going through these problems in different ways. And, so, and you check, uh, I went down the empowerment life coach wormhole. Like I, I do my homework, maybe yeah. too much. I'm addicted to too much. I'm addicted to overthinking and <laughs> over info, you know, but yeah. you guys, you guys call back and check on people, don't you? Uh, I do check-ins through WhatsApp. Uh, that's kind of my methodology. I don't do too many, to be honest, because I also feel that there's a level of responsibility that needs to be built. Because if I go away, how are you showing up for yourself? You know, So there needs to be a balance, in my view and in my experience and how I do it, between giving notes, doing a check-in, but I don't tell people how many sessions they should have. I don't say when you should book your next session. Like, you need to start to build that kind of self-confidence and ability to know when it's time to check in with somebody. Um, you, you don't really want to have a babysitter either, right? Mm-hmm. I know I don't do good when people start telling me what to do. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm not really into that. But I, more and more, I, I went down this hole. It's uh, the overthinking. In, in your area right now, that is like a big main idea that people are really overthinking. And that a lot of people are, are this isn't just for people like addicted to drugs and alcohol and caffeine. And we'll get to caffeine in a minute, but it's overthinking. Yeah. And we think like the more we think about something, then we're going to solve the problem. But actually, that's what the mind's job is there to do is to solve a problem. So if you don't give it anything let's say more positive or productive to work on, it's just going to loop your mind to look for these little problems. And I think it's somewhere between 50,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day we have. And more than like 80% of those are recycled thoughts, which is just insane. Um, And, you know, it's, it's an addiction. Like we think if we think about it, longer and longer and longer it's we're going to solve it but sometimes you need to step back sometimes you need to change your perspective sometimes you need to go take a walk you know get some fresh air um a practice that i've incorporated in 2021 and have found super helpful around overthinking with racing thoughts especially people that have a hard time going to bed at night because their mind is just going and going and going is something called morning pages and you just write down First thing in the morning, three pages. It could be front to back. It depends if you want to cheat. You could just do one pagers, whatever. But uh, three pages, whatever's coming, you don't even need to look at it ever again. And I'm telling you, when I did that consistently every single day, I noticed I slept better. Because everything that was running through the mind was on a piece of paper. And when it's somewhere else, it's not up there. So it's a way to kind of release this. And I would challenge your listeners to try it, you know, try it um, again, going back to safety, find a place that you can keep that notebook that you feel safe. So nobody's, you know, going through your stuff um, and try it out, you know, three pages every morning for a month and just see what happens. 
Yeah, like you, I, I feel like you can't just like go up to somebody and they tell you their problems and you say, oh, you're just overthinking it. Well, I feel like everybody has this problem. You know, I, I don't think it necessarily goes away. I think there's practices that could help reduce it and become more aware of this, you know, that you can manage it in a healthier way um, and get yourself to a place that, you know, it's not all, all up here and you're really coming into the heart, you know, and, and the heart space. The mind is the masculine. And the heart is the is the feminine. So you really want to work to get out of here and into here. And what is here? It's like, what do I love to do? You know, you guys love stand up. You love speaking with different people. You're curious. I could hear that in all of your episodes. Like, that's the heart. That's not the mind. You may look for information and questions and, you know, do your research and that's fine. But your passion of showing up and speaking with different people is the heart energy. So what can you do that gets you into your heart and out of your mind? Uh, I like to dance. You know, I wouldn't have said that a long time ago, but that's a new practice. I love to put a track on. And I remember just a year and a half ago feeling ridiculous doing that in my living room. And now it's one of my favorite practices. Put a track on and just dance by myself because it takes me out of here, puts me into the heart immediately. Uh, taking a bath taking a shower. These things are all cleansing. So you can get out of the mind, back into the body, feeling the body, you know? I used to so tell a lot. Uh, practices. When, when, I was, yeah. when I coached hockey, I used to tell people, change your tempo. Change your yeah. tempo, the way you stand, the way you breathe, mm -hmm. and work on things, you know? You, you have to be focused. And, yeah, you know, what other exercises in, you know, I look at your bio meditation and what really caught my eye was psychedelic integration. <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk much about it because I'm hesitant to, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a part of my journey, you know, and, um, I feel like we're in a time that I can, I can say that, you know, luckily. I think but you can too. I think we, we, yeah. we've gotten to that time. Yeah, I mean, they just legalized mushrooms in California. You know, it's it's finally we're realizing this whole war on drugs was just a way to disempower people, to be honest. And um, psychedelics are not for everybody, um, and they really do need to be used in a, in a sacred way, in my opinion and in my experience. Um, and it can bring up a lot of stuff if you're not prepared. So doing it recreationally, you know, recreationally or going to a club and like taking different things, wouldn't recommend it to be honest, um, because no. it's, it's, it's a medicine and it brings up a lot of stuff. So I'm really passionate about it. You gotta be one with yeah. nature when you're going to take some, uh, when you're going to be a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. Cause it might not be that fun. You know, it, it might not be, you I've gotten told off in my experiences with like, got to work on this, got to do this better, you know, need to take a look in this area of my life. And um, I think you need to be ready to make some changes because, you know, people think if you take it, it's just going to change your life in a day, but you need to put the action there. You need to show up in your life and you need, otherwise it's just an experience. Like you have a great time, you know, saw a great view, came back down and it's like back to the same old stuff. So I'm really passionate about the integration piece and integration really starts before you even have an experience like that. <laughs> well, I find that interesting and I've read up on it, micro dosing and things like that, but mm -hmm. we will move on. Um, <laughs> every breath, th these are the other things. Every breath is an opportunity. And the other thing I've heard you say is adult up, take care of yourself. 
first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have to give I have to give that credit to my teacher. You know, I've spent five years with this teacher and her teachings are just embedded in my DNA at this point. Um, and she's tough. Like she was all about tough love. Like, you know, we whine a lot and we're all kind of walking around uh, in, in trauma experts. They say we're all walking around as our seven year seven year old self. And that's because that's when we really learn the kind of programs of those, you know, our parents, our cousins, our aunts, our brothers and sisters, whoever's older, that's when you're really formed. So you can take a look at your life and say like, you know, wh what was my experience up until seven years old? So adulting up is essentially, um, you know, taking ownership over your life. Like we love to project and say, oh, they're just lucky or, oh, they just have it, this or, oh, they just have that. But it's like, no, I mean, take a look at their life. How are people showing up? You know, I, I show up every day for myself and it's not always pretty and it is really hard, but I make sure there's some consistent effort in where I want to go with myself. And I love the idea of potential. Like I want to know my potential and not every day is, uh, you know, something I'm proud of, but at least I get back up every day. So adulting up is like getting up, okay, vent it out, show up and move forward. Like, let's move forward here, deal with it. Don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. Like we talked about in the beginning, but also don't like linger in it forever. Like let's move forward here. And I know we live in a culture that, really likes to kind of hang out in the drama, you know, and it's like moving no. out of the drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People love drama and it's it, because it's attractive, but it's, it's really low energy to be honest. Yeah, and you never feel form good of conversation is what I hear. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it actually, it's, it's the worst. So you never feel good. You walk away feeling like, you know, something didn't sit right after you're involved in a conversation, listening to one of those conversations. Um, I would recommend people when that happens, just get up and walk away, you know, say, you know, this is not for me. I'm just going to take a step aside. I don't know why people are so afraid to kind of do those activities, I think, because not a lot of people do, right? Not a lot of people will exit themselves from different conversations uh, when they don't feel right because they don't want to make other people uncomfortable. But then you're being uncomfortable. You're doing more, yeah. more harm to yourself, you know? Meg, yeah. let's, let's go here. So you've done all this. We know what you're doing now. Did In 2006 at the Fashion Institute, did you think you'd be <laughs> where you are today? Yeah, so 2006 Fashion Institute, yeah. Um, to be honest, I was never academic at all. I really struggled through school a lot, and I never really saw, I never had an example of what I really felt I wanted in my life. Like, there was never really, you know, when people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like, I had definitely no idea, no desire. Um, I wasn't really seeing what I was connecting to, I guess, deeper. And so Fashion Institute kind of just got me to New York. You know, I picked a school that seemed kind of easy in my view. And my parents had me go to ECC for two years because my grades were terrible. And you guys know when everybody goes to school, they just drink and, you know, <laughs> flunk or then they pay their loans for 20 years. And so my dad's like, no way, you're not going anywhere. So I went to ECC and then went to Fashion Institute. But it was really an experience of, opening my eyes like I was really sheltered growing up in South Buffalo and you know I I think yeah I drank and I was smoking weed and all of that but on a on a higher scale I was sheltered and New York really gave me this 
ability to explore myself, to make mistakes, you know, meet different people from all over the world. That was probably my favorite part. And when I was graduating, you know, I struggled, by the way, it was not an easy school. It was uh, all math, which was my worst subject every year in school. I was at South Park um, summer school every year. And uh, me too. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think many, but yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't easy, but I did it. And I was really proud that I did it. And I finished and um, and then I, you know, jumped, I discovered the rape scene a week before graduation and just like <laughs> threw away the whole fashion life. You know, I was like, and I went to be fair, like I interned with different people. I was at a really big modeling agency, interning, taking the girls shopping. I'm sure all the guys would love that, you know, taking them shopping and getting them stuff for their photo shoots. And then I was in a stylist and she was totally interesting and really crazy woman. Um, but I wasn't connecting with it. I wasn't like, yeah, this is what I want to do. You know, I was like, oh, it's, it's a good experience. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of camaraderie in the fashion world. It seems more cutthroat. (laughs) It's extremely cutthroat and it's extremely unhealthy. And, uh, now sitting back, looking at back at the stylist experience and the agency experience, it's just, they treat the, the, you know, especially the people on the runways, like just objects, like it's, it's really sad, you know, and I've been on photo shoots with some well-known photographers and it wasn't a pretty experience, you know, I felt insulted and um, it, it just wasn't for me. Like there was no value alignment there for me. And I have friends that, you know, they, they love it and they found their passion in it and I think it's great, but just, I just couldn't connect into it, you know? Well, you say the underground rave scene. How yeah. is that different than the above ground rave scene? <laughs> well, above ground is more mainstream. So it's like you hear the songs on the radio. Uh-huh. Everybody kind of knows it. There's, I would say EDM is very uh, above ground rave scene. Uh, this was like dirty warehouses, illegal venues, um, thousands of people, you know, people fly in from all over the world, international DJs. And a lot of fun, like a lot of. That lot sounds of fun. like there's a lot of camaraderie there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is for all hours of the night and morning, and next night and next morning. Yeah, there is a lot. We're not. This isn't a twelve to eight gig here. This is more like uh, <laughs> what an eleven, eleven to eleven. Sometimes maybe I've heard of those. Yeah, that's why I have a few more wrinkles than maybe some of my peers at this age. <laughs> a lot of overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you're and a lot of trans states, yeah. <laughs> and you're you're gonna end up in Berlin from New York to Berlin. Yeah. And I've been yeah, to Germany. That... I love Germany. Were you there for the World Cup at all? You know, I, it's embarrassing, but I wouldn't even know because I don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel embarrassed because I feel like I could have been, but I'm not even sure to, how to answer that question. I, I think I was in New York. Was it was it Germany versus Italy? I don't know. Germany won a couple times. I know that. That's... Okay. Well, I think I was in New York for one of them because the German friend that told me about Berlin, actually, she was dating an Italian guy, and there was this whole rivalry going on, and oh, I was, was at the, the bar, like, Zidane confused. Headbutt? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, you're going from Germany, yeah. Germany to Buffalo, Buffalo to Germany, back to Germany, Buffalo. You're making me dizzy here, man. <laughs> I was making myself dizzy and driving my parents absolutely crazy. Um 
So uh, yeah, Berlin was a spontaneous thing. I thought I was going to live in New York forever, like in this like power suit. I always had a dream of like this white, you know, fashion power suit, like walking the streets of New York. And here I go into the dirty underground raves, you know, where people aren't showering for two days. And it was just, you know, different vibe. And, but I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the people uh, first and foremost. And I fell in love with the music. It's like I stepped into the dance floor and everything made sense for a minute for me. And it was one of the first times I had that experience. It's like, I felt like I was home. I felt like I belonged. I felt like these, these are my people right here, you know, and it was a really special feeling. And so when you have that feeling at 21 too, you just run with it. Like you chase it, you know, and um, this friend from Germany that I met at FIT, she hated dance music, but she saw how obsessed I was that summer and she said, well, if you're so in love with this music, you got to move to Berlin. It's the techno capital of the world. Like, you'll love it there. And I didn't even hesitate. I just, I figured it out. And within four or five months, I had a flight. My brother, Tim, came to my New York apartment and sold all my secondhand clothes with me on the steps one day. I saved $1,000. Uh, I told my dad, like, two weeks before he almost had a heart attack so the, I told him I had a job in an art gallery and I definitely didn't have any job lined up and I didn't know anybody so that was that was the crazier part like I didn't I didn't know anybody there my friend was German she lived in Cologne uh, but I met somebody at a rave the, like two weeks before I left and it turns out that the apartment I got through the friend of a friend was one block from this one person that I had met. And it was just so magical. It was like, it was like everything just flowed into this experience perfectly. And this person just, you know, opened me up to his whole world in Berlin. And I met the most amazing people because of him. And he just kind of, I was like his little sister. He just took me under his wing. I went to every dinner. I went to every friend's event. I went to the different places people were playing. He didn't want to rave. He was over it by then. But he introduced me to like really solid people that I'm still in touch with till today. And they took really good care of me. Wow. So yeah, like you can't say like not to experience these things, you know, it's like it, how all these things connected into one thing, right? Yeah, and I mean, for me, I'm I'm a serial experimenter. Like, you have a if if you have something I think is going to improve my life, like I'm going to check it out. You know, I'm I'm all about it, and I don't think it's for everybody to do it like that. I've burned myself many many times doing that, but it's in my nature. That's how I learn, and I need to feel it in my body and experience it for myself to understand it. You know, some people learn by knowledge, some people learn by reading, some people learn, you know, by word of mouth, I don't know. But for me, it needs to be like this vibratory experience that I, I have ex really direct experience with. And so I, 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 you know, Jim, you talk about Buffalo, Berlin, Buffalo, Berlin, and it was because I, I couldn't find a job. I wasn't speaking German. Berlin at that time, it was 2007, was not as international as it is now. So I had a hard time finding work and I worked in a startup. It was very low pay, uh, crazy hours, crazy team. Like they were raving all the time. Like it was just, it was just a mess, honestly. And I just started doing random jobs. Like I cleaned up my friend's studio, the one that I knew after we'd party in it, he'd pay me like 200 euros. I'd return the bottles. Like I was just getting money in really weird ways, like flyer girl, 
um, you know, I did anything. And, and, and luckily at that age, you just don't give a shit, you know, it's like, I'll just do anything just to stay here and keep this money. And, um, and ended up moving in with a friend there because I couldn't pay my rent there. And so it was just this back and forth dance of like me trying to get back to Berlin constantly, you know, and finally, I think at some point in a few years later, I just kind of surrendered and said, okay, I had the most epic experience of my life and it still is one of my favorite experiences of my life, but it's not working. You know, something is not working here and I need to let it go. So that, that was, that was hard, really hard. Yeah. It's like you did what you wanted to do to what made you happy. You know, if you woke up every day happy, yeah. like I hate when people say get a real job, but nothing yeah. burned me more when I was like working in restaurants and people were like, get a real job. And I was like, go work in a kitchen. They will kick your yeah. ass. You know, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's sad for people to say that, to be honest, you know, like I think we judge each other's journeys a lot and you know, it's what doesn't feel real for somebody else might feel real for you, you know? And so and, and I think also the pressure, like we all have to have it all figured out and know what we want to do, you know, by the age of what, 18? Like, that's crazy, you know? How are we supposed, even at 30, like even at 35, like how are we supposed to know what we want to do? A lot of amazing stories. I think it's Paulo Coelho. He, that's how you uh, say that wrote, name? Like, <laughs> yeah, Paulo Coelho, yeah. He, I, I was, I was thinking it was Paulo Cello. <laughs> <laughs> You could say however you want to, Mark. It's fine. But yeah, Paulo Coelho, yeah, he, he wrote, I think, his first book at 40 years old, you know, like yeah. The Alchemist. I think that yeah. was at and 40 like years most old. most translated book of all time. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and I hear stories all the time of people that found their passion in their 50s and 60s. And so I just feel like if you, as long as you're being true to yourself, like you really have to learn to kind of cut that noise out the best that you can. And if somebody says something that maybe um, triggers you a little bit, look at it and say, is there any truth to this? You know, is that why I'm getting reactive about it? And then you can do something about it because you're bringing awareness to the experience. But otherwise, just set it aside because there's the great saying, what people think about me is none of my business, honestly, oh, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, the one yes. thing that I've, I've noticed and I've read up in, in, in my journey was <laughs> do we believe things because we pick them up along the way and then when we think for ourselves, we find out who we really are? That's really been happening to a lot of people. Have you seen that yeah. or am I crazy again, Mark? No. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's an amazing time on the planet right now in this place we all share called Earth. Uh, people are stepping into their own personal power more and more and more. And it's so amazing. And it, I think it's just super epic, to be honest, uh, for people to just say, hey, is this good for me? You know, and that's a big part of a call to heal. Like, does this work for me? Because I may bring in people that people are like, oh, that's not in it. You know, didn't resonate with that. I don't want to do that ever again that's great. You know, now you know what you don't want to do. So now we can focus on what you actually want to do. So it's, it's learning to use your, your choice and your own free will and your own mind, your own heart to say what works for me. And, and I think if people could, it's hard when you don't see an example, right. Of something that maybe you resonate with because you have to pay, pave the way. I can't imagine there's a lot of podcasts in Buffalo. Are you guys the first podcast? Like, well, focusing? It, not sports. Yeah, no sports. And we're consistent. Right. You know, this is 
what yeah. four years? Yeah, something like that. So I mean, yeah, you you just got to. I don't even know how to explain about explain it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just our way to like you know keep people like in a loop. You know, it's like we feel mm-hmm. like we have to almost uh, catalog these stories, these people mm-hmm. that you might not know that we know. And, you know, from me being a bartender for 22 years, you meet a lot of people and be like, that's where a lot of these guys I'm coming up with. Yeah. And it's like where we learn to talk to people. Yeah. Like usually it's over like beers and they just like spill their guts. And this is like completely Mm -hmm. opposite. It's like, yeah, you know, we'll just talk normal. (laughs) Yeah. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Like this is exactly the point. You guys are this is this is like pioneering a new way you know and and this this was something i've reflected a lot around is every time i would come home it really felt like the only way to socialize was to go out and drink and i had a really hard time with that because i quit drinking at 18 and i wasn't into the bar i don't like to be in bars it's never been my thing and maybe it comes from you know, family things and things you're around yeah. as a kid, but it it made it really hard to connect with people because it felt like this was the only kind of avenue to really do that. And so for you guys to be here having a podcast where, you know, it's just Friday night, here we are. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were going to say it was Friday. We- <laughs> <laughs> but, it, and you know what, we, we'd rather do this. We would. Because I don't feel well. First of all, I don't want to feel like shit in the morning. And there's a, it's a big day tomorrow because the Bills are playing at eight fifteen, and I'm not gonna be able to get a nap. So, you know, we're getting older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Priorities, priorities. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but this is this is a great practice. Like, can other people just go to a restaurant? You know, and and this is a good experience to have. Can you just go out to dinner? not have the drinks right. and just engage yeah. with each other and it's not about not drinking i don't want to say like oh you shouldn't drink or you shouldn't do that everything in moderation moderation including moderation yeah. exactly <laughs> it's like yeah yeah good. a friend of mine that used to say that a lot yeah <laughs> well, we're you... just challenging ourselves a little bit yeah like, get out of our comfort zone get out of our normal routine you know totally. and try something different yeah, and yeah. like uh, I was saying earlier, I don't know if I was recording, but like you know, read the description of like the the podcast because like you know, it's uh it's always going to be different. Meg, last night we uh oh we had Kevin Rubzinski on. Do you remember Kevin? He lived on Whitfield. No. He's a St. Ambrose alumni, and Kevin has okay. has knowledge on things like we we talked about coyotes. Yeah, I and, slaughtered oh. like fifteen bird names. Yeah, He's so like, no, it's goshawk. But. I was like, I'm I'm on well, double good for trying, Mark. Yeah. Good for trying. I'm on double secret probation because I will never drink vodka in a podcast again. <laughs> I got a lot and that's one of the things that I have to work on is when we do this podcast sometimes, it's like I'm chasing no no drugs or alcohol involved, but sometimes I'm always chasing that high. Like to get somebody yeah. to tell a great story sometimes, you know. Yeah. yeah, and it's like almost yeah. like a hide to us yeah. now. And now, like, it is uh, you have to diagnose this problem. Is it a problem if I see an animal and then I automatically <sighs> want to challenge it to another animal and see what would win in a fight? <laughs> that's <laughs> I, what I, I that's, seriously do that all day. I'm like, oh yeah, it's cool. That's what, what yesterday do you think was. That versus Wolverine would be. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> is that a problem or is that just curiosity? <laughs> Well, it's only a problem if you think it's a problem. It's not my, it's not my job to tell you it's a problem. I mean, I think it's becoming a problem. 
Well, so then maybe it's something to look at. Like, yeah. why do I like to do that? You know, it's it's all about awareness, the guys. You know, it's I gotta look inside to see. Yeah, yeah you gotta look inside. Like, where else do I do that in my life? You might find some interesting dots there. You know. <laughs> Well, I'd you be talk... curious to follow up with you and see if you, yeah. you found anything. Well, I just uh, actually took out the monster manual last night for Dungeons & Dragons, and it really fed the beast. <laughs> I was just rolling the dice and figuring out what would win. An eagle versus a dog. And you then... know what would win? Uh-huh. Eagle versus a dog. What do you think? <laughs> An eagle. That's what I said. And the dog won. The dog won. Oh, the dog won. Yes. What kind of dog? Didn't any, ma- dog. any dog. Did any dog. That's what I have a problem uh-huh. with. Well, the eagle would lose. For when we're dealing okay. with that, would we use uh, tools of spiritual uh, meditation <laughs> yeah. to deal with? And th- I've been going down this. I, I go down a lot of wormholes. ASMR. ASMR and Reiki. You know about this? Oh, yeah. Well, ASMR I'm not that familiar with. But, yeah, Reiki, I've, I've worked with it. It's interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. We were just, <laughs> I had Mark listen to uh, when he got here. This lady with a tuning fork. Oh, oh beautiful. <laughs> I love the tuning fork. That's what I we said. Do... Yeah, it's amazing. You know, this is amazing. You guys are trying all these things. It's. I think the more we normalize, you know, these things, it, it, the more people will feel comfortable to try these things. But tuning forks are incredible. Like, I, I was doing acupuncture. I was living in Mexico. I decided to invest because it's a lot cheaper into my wellness while I was there. And I was doing acupuncture every week and it was incredible. But then she left for like three weeks, the woman I was doing it with. So she suggested me to somebody else who does something called acutonics. And, you know, it was uh, the tuning forks. And it's basically like acupuncture where she would ring it and the vibration would go on the acupuncture points of the body. Well, I was just kind of starting to get into these type of practices and she starts like singing to me and there's a gong and I was like, oh my God, what's going on? You know, (laughs) let me tell you after like three consecutive weeks of this experience, I was like, holy cow, like this is incredible. Like I felt so good. I was sleeping better, felt more balanced at the day after I was kind of in this like dreamy state. It's, it's powerful. Like, it's really powerful. If you do it with the right person, too, by the way, you really do need to, I like to say, like, vet who you're doing things with because, uh, you know, you, if somebody's energy feels a little off to you and you're like, I'm not sure if they're, like, really, you know, doing what they're saying, you probably don't want to do it with them. So, you know, you want to check in. YouTube's you safe. YouTube is safe. <laughs> YouTube is safe. Yeah, YouTube is I'll safe. have to send you this lady's name. Not necessarily, actually. But then YouTube here's can what... also offer some crazy stuff. Yeah, because I was like, oh, this lady's pretty good. And then I, I look at her playlist, and she does all these characters. And that's just really weird. Yeah. Not you start to lose me. You know what I mean? Like they're like characters. What do you mean? Like characters. English village girl, and she's doing she's oh, doing the, wow. the the accent, and it's like yeah. whoa! I thought we were all just relaxing with the tuning fork here. Well, <laughs> so like uh, the the call to heal would somebody that maybe doesn't want to just come forth with like inner issues or anything? Would you just ever coach them to do these meditative things, or if they oh come well, to you for that it's all about stuff? meeting meeting somewhere where they are so it's really you know as a coach i need to connect with somebody and see what they're interested in what do they want to experience what are they looking to call into their life because not everybody needs the same tools like i I keep repeating this in the sessions too is 
um, and the call to heal sessions is what works for me doesn't work for you. So if, if you want to cultivate a meditation practice, sure, we can explore that. What does that look like? What time of day works best for you? What type of meditation do you want to do? There's hundreds of types of meditations. Like, have you looked into any? So, you know, it's, it's really up to the person and small steps can really over time make profound change. So, you know, a lot of people, we're in the new year, right? A lot of people like to say new year, new me, and they make all these big ambitions to change everything in their life at the same time. Well, I'm sorry, that's never going to work. Like you need to start planting these seeds. Okay. I shouldn't say never, maybe in a blue moon, something happens where somebody changes their whole life overnight. But, but you know what I mean? Like, the lotto. To, they win the lotto. <laughs> yeah, they win the lotto. But then that's just monetary. Like that's out, outward, you know, happiness. It's not inner happiness. Like you can't, do you go back? Okay. You bought all these things. Do you go to bed feeling really good with yourself? I'm not sure. Maybe for a little while. When it's, when it's in the woods and no one's around you, because that's what I would do. I, yeah, I would be happy. <laughs> a, a, a huge huge cabin i'd buy in a, a, yes i'd be inner and outer happy be left alone yeah vacation home but still be still be a, a cool dude in the same guy you know, you know what i caught jim saying a whole bunch of times is you can only dust yourself up a few times <laughs> i was like jim that's not the same yeah we you can always get yourself we, up and dust yourself we, up. we talked to a psychiatrist <laughs> And and I messed up the intro, and he starts laughing. I'm like, "What? What was so funny?" He goes, "You said that you could only dust yourself off a couple times." <laughs> That's we not... would all be screwed, Jim, if that was yeah. the case. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "No, Jim, you have to say you can always dust yourself off." Yeah. So that it was that should probably be a T-shirt. License to talk. You can only. Dust yourself, dust yourself. That puts a lot of pressure on the, on the jury. <laughs> How many you know? times like, is too many? <laughs> I failed so many times that, yeah, no way. I would be screwed by now. I'd be in another dimension, I guess. I don't know. And I know what you mean. Like, I go into 7-Eleven. I got my Gatorade. I the horrible addiction to nicotine that I have to. That, one that of the coffee, last cowboys. One of the last cowboys standing, and I, and I hate it. <laughs> So I'm standing there for like four or five minutes, and there's just, and this is, I, I have to work on my patience. If you were my coach, you'd be helping me with my patience. And they're just yada, yada, yada. I go, ladies, let's wrap it up. <laughs> let's go. Time to go. I got places to be. That's my biggest problem, along with the cigarettes and the caffeine right now. <laughs> well, what do they I would just like to ask what do they give you what does the caffeine give you what does the nicotine give you I guess I guess a uh, a release mm-hmm. and coffee is you know you gotta have your coffee when you get going in the morning what's something that I can do and drink to get me going in the morning is it mm-hmm. is it is it days Cold of practice <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I'm not kidding. He's Cold just shower. extremely selfish. He needs to feel exactly how he wants to at every <laughs> yeah. single moment of every single day. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, I could say that. I've just been that. sitting next to him this long. I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. You can say that to what him, Meg. You could say you're selfish. Yeah. That's the problem. Oh, no, because, because this is another problem, too, is that we grow up like, you know, it, it's so wrong to be selfish and do things for ourselves. We always need to be looking for other people. We always need to help this person, help that person. And 
we end up doing it with resentment. We end up doing it with really not a good energy, to be honest. Like it ends up being like, oh, I always have to do this thing. And I always hear complaining around, right? And and so it's like, well, if you're going to complain about it, then probably you should just be selfish and focus on what you need and attend to your own <laughs> needs. So then the next coffee. time... <laughs> Yeah, but then the next time you can show up and help somebody and really enjoy helping somebody, you know, versus feeling obligated to help somebody. But Jim, in your case, you know, you said release. So what else can give you that release? Like that's an interesting area to go and explore. Well, here's, I'll tell you what I've been release? doing. I've been trying and, you know, I want I want to know how this is. And a good exercise, stand proud. That's what they say. Stand proud. Yeah. Right? Breathe and let yourself be taken to a place where you're you've been the proudest in your life and then breathe out and then start your day. Have you heard about this before? No, but that sounds like a good practice. Does it work for you? Started Monday. (laughs) I was real stressed (laughs) out whether they were going to win the division or not. (laughs) So you're starting on Monday or you I did start on Monday. Okay, and how has it been in the last great week of days? Taking the, vi- okay. taking the vitamins, the zinc, you know. Yep. Um, oh, the zinc is amazing. Good job with yep. that. And yep. And then uh, the elderberry. Uh huh. See, Fantastic. I'm, I'm. This ain't my first rodeo. But yeah, then coffee and cigarettes on the right. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm In between every coffee good too, feeling. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'll send you I the mean, picture you that I I took, uh, and it's the pacing <laughs> up and down his driveway in the snow. I seen it. I was like, look at this. This is like 20,000 steps back and forth in the driveway. It, but I was I was doing research. I had the earbuds in. I was listening to one of Megan's sessions, and I highly uh, recommend it. And she had a couple good guests on, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's what I was doing today. Just pacing. Pacing, listening. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, I mean, good for you for getting the steps in, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll never not get my steps yeah. in the way I pace. You know, <laughs> we call this show License to Talk because Jim doesn't have a license to drive. Yeah. So. I heard that in one of your yeah. episodes, actually. That's, that's, yeah. that's one of our taglines. Yeah. Big city guy. <laughs> Uber and uh, Uber and public transportation. Very green, but the bus is too dirty. But anyways, <laughs> well, we could you could do something about it if you wanted to. I guess you could try with the city. Good luck. But why don't you drive, you know? Jim? Because you because I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt my permit so many times it was ridiculous. No, my license so many times it was ridiculous. The only thing I could do was actually parallel park. Um, but do you, is it because you don't want to drive or you just never learn oh, to drive? This is, this is deep. This is deep. And we're going to go into that when I pay you, what is it? $25 for a coaching <laughs> session. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> so 2002, you're looking at goals, outlook. What, what do you, what, what are you telling people here? For 2022. 2000, oh, 22. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought you said I shortened it. I like, well, I, I shortened no it. <laughs> 2022. Um, just what do you want, you know? And and go more into like, you know, that feeling. I had one of my guests on, Rob, who I just love his story because after 40 years, he decided to go back to music because that was his calling. 
And he wasn't afraid to start from the beginning. He wasn't afraid to learn by himself. He wasn't afraid to reach out to people and ask for help. And I really think that's what it's about right now. Like we're at this point after COVID where people have made huge transitions, a lot of clarity. Um, it was an amazing growth opportunity, whether you took it or not to try, try and make some changes in your life. And now is the time to take some action. You know, I think a lot of times in, in this life, people think wishing it into existence is just going to make it appear, but it, it really takes some action. And if you don't know where to go, research or ask somebody closest to what you think does know. And if nobody else is doing what you're doing, like you guys with the podcast, you just started it. You just did it, right? So it's like, you know, put the thought into some form of action for yourself. And if people don't support it, it's not another business, you know, it's your business because if you don't do the thing that you really want to do, you're going to be the one living with that regret. You're the one that has to go to sleep with yourself every single night. So it's really about taking action, you know, and less talk, more yeah. action. And you like know, people, you don't, you don't have to be good at everything right away either. Like, no, we're bad at this still. You have to see the podcast I caught up the other day. Like it was bad. Like, yeah, know, no more Tito's that, like you're going to be bad at things too. You know, you know what I mean? Bad. Like maybe it was just start. an off day, right? Like, yeah. Was, yeah. was it an off day? And we all have an off day. Like I haven't done group live event series, but this, this, a call to heal literally was born in the moment I found out about Paul Fitzpatrick. It wasn't that I was planning to do this live group event series in any form, but something deep inside said, it's time to do something. And I just said, I don't know how, okay, I just got to do it, you know? And so we're all figuring it out as we go. And the more we can support each other in figuring it out versus tearing each other down, like, oh, look at them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they're so silly or what a stupid idea that that's a common one, right? We hear that all the time. What a stupid idea. Oh yeah. It's like, well, maybe it's stupid to you, but it's not stupid to them. So really kind of having more support, like real support for each other, not just on the surface support. Yeah, I know. And, uh, and, you know, this is going to be like one that like, you know, kind of, you know, we don't have to do everything as a beer blast. You know, yeah. there's uh, yeah. there's kind of a, yeah. a line that needs to be drawn somewhere. And it's like, you know, maybe that's not the best way that I should go see everybody. Everybody always says around here, we got to keep an eye on each other. And then you don't see him for six months. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I'm saying I'm, I've heard I'm, that too. I'm, jo yeah. I'm joking, but I'm not. Like, and yeah. then it turns in after the fourth tragedy, hey, give me a call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that already. You didn't call. Yeah. And I'm yeah. doing fine, and I'm doing things like, listen, uh, ASMR, spiritual. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to Megan Mann. I'm, get, I'm getting on, yeah. you know, her platform, yeah. her newsletter. Yeah, we what, support what you're doing, you know. I, yeah. We, we agree, you know. It's, mm. it's totally a good approach, agree. you know, because it's different. And it takes a lot of guts. I know. I went to the, I, like I said, Thanks, I coached. I, I coached for a couple of years, and I went to the quote book, and this is the one I found today. I wanted to share it with you. To change results, you must change behavior. Fight that fear. Conquer the results. Control them. And, of course, change the tempo. Yeah. Beautiful. So who, the, who is that by? Tony Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins. Yeah, there you go. You know? You're you're all into it. I see it. I, oh I yeah, it. you have no idea. You're talking about. You yeah, commit. got it. I really really commit. Like 
I'll find we were talking about some guy for some show, and I found something like this guy was selling weed whackers in his <laughs> in his house. We're like, how did you find that about him? But once it's on the internet, it's always on there. Remember that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just to go back to what you're saying, Mark, I think, you know, finding, because you have to think, like, what does the Beer Blast do? It brings everybody together. Everybody connects. People feel more open when they're under alcohol or, or drugs or whatever it is. Like, people just open up more. So it's like, how can we start to create a culture where people can do that like we're doing tonight, you know, and have a conversation without anything and be being able to share what's going on like you know have been having some really crazy thoughts lately you know i feel really out of balance uh i don't know it's like i don't know how to shake this like being able to just come forward and say these things not over you know always beers is is a really healthy thing to start to cultivate and I think what I have always found and what I've struggled with when I would come back is I didn't find these outlets where I could go do those kind of things, like I said before. So I remember when I was coming back, I just started going downtown because that was where I could find a yoga studio or I could find a cafe that kind of had the vibe. Now, Tommy, you know, he put dog ears there. To me, that's pioneering. Like there was nothing like that in the neighborhood, you know, growing up just to have a cafe where people could come and hang out and have good coffee and have a chat. You know, it was like drive through everything. You know, I think we all grew up on dry food, so drive through food. So, you know, it's, it's like creating more of these spaces. And, and I don't know about you guys, but whenever I come home and drive down Abbott Road, I can see it happening. Like I can feel some other kind of business, more wellness space coming into the space at some point and completely transforming Abbott Road, you know, aside from just maybe gas, beer, pizza, you know, yeah. and then Tommy's luckily down there, but yeah. we need more of that. You need more spaces. We had the cycling place, but, you know, like things just don't yeah, last. Yeah, yeah, it it's just true. didn't survive. Yeah. You know, it was a great, great thing. But, you know, and then it, it just needs a lot of support. We need more coaches like Megan. Yeah. We yeah. need uh, more more spots. Like I said, let's, uh, let's raise money to have a yoga, a spiritual center right on yep. Everett Road. Yep. And All you could go it. in the back door so nobody could see you. <laughs> yeah. And it Norm. doesn't even have to be spiritual. <laughs> yeah, like you can, you don't even have to say it's a spiritual center. Like I think that's a part of the problem too. You know, I wouldn't even say the word God up until a year ago because of growing up in a Catholic school and just being like a little bit averse to the whole thing. And it, it's like I had to find my own path, you know, to connect to whatever you wanted to call it. I definitely believe in something bigger. I've experienced so much magic in my life. I can't not have that feeling, but you don't need to call it spiritual. It's just like creating these spaces and practices where people like, you know, instead of a beer blast for somebody could have more of a wellness event because that's the train we all need to get on. You know, we need to get on the wellness train and realize that these habits that are so embedded in us and be, and our you know parents our grandparents our grand grandparents like we need to start changing the trajectory if we want to head towards healing and you know it can be fun like you know you guys like to have fun i love i love to have oh, fun yeah. you know it can be fun it doesn't have to always be super serious and heavy but sometimes it might be and can you be okay with that and you know can your friends be okay with that and and then knowing when some people maybe aren't good for you anymore. And I know that's a hard one. Oh, to yeah, let that's go a huge one. People. You know? Yeah. 
because you feel obligated and you feel this, but it's like, you're noticing that it's just not working anymore. I think we're all cursed with like the, we love who we grew up with type thing, you know, which is, I don't know if it's a curse, but you know, it's like, you just, you have good memories, right? You know, I wanted to share this at least one time, Jim, I have, I don't have many strong (laughs) memories, but I'm going to share this because I think you probably forgot about it. I I'm, might embarrass you for a second. No, I, but... I think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> really? Okay. I'm going to say it anyway. So, okay. So I don't really have a good memory in general of childhood. Like I, I kind of have like very minimal, but this memory I remember, we were walking home from St. Ambrose and you and my brother, Mike would always go to Marilla. Oh, and yeah. uh, I think you guys were banned. <laughs> oh, what is it? Waiters. It was a penny was a candy place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, it was on Marilla. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, Waiters. Okay, sorry. And you guys would go there, but you guys were like stealing some candy or chips or something. <laughs> so you guys got like, you guys got banned, I guess. Yeah. So you guys were outside on the corner dressing each other's clothes. So like my brother put your glasses on and your, <laughs> your outfit on. And I was like, what are they doing? And then you guys went in there reverse. And I just have like, I mean, these are amazing memories. You know? uh, I remember funny. that. Yeah. 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 I remember that. And I don't have many memories that I remember. From That's childhood. not what so, I was going to say. Do you want to know what I was going to say? <laughs> sure. I ran into you one time and I was like, hey, what's your name? She's like, uh, Megan, man. And I go, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> Because Kev is my brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and I, and I love all three of your brothers. But so that that's it, yep. It's time for me to go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a common one I would get, actually. Yeah. yeah. You weren't, well, you weren't I alone. I don't think I've, I've seen you for, like, I don't know, like 10 years. I don't even know where I was. It might have been at Cherry O'Brien's or something. And that's, yeah. That's yeah, yeah I was working there. Yeah, that's there. probably yeah. what it was then, yeah. So... Yeah, uh, I was. I told you about the faces. Sometimes you don't see people for years. You're like, I, I have no idea. Sometimes, yeah. I. Well, yeah. Now with social media, see, like, <clears throat> and you're using the social media like, uh, big time. Like this is like, this is started, a good thing yeah. for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, and uh, people yeah. say that there's like positive and negative to it, and uh, I think the yours is a positive spin. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, by the way, it, it, it's not easy for me. I just launched my. You know, I'm kind of behind on the Instagram wheel. I just launched it like two months ago. Um, and then the A Call to Heal one as well. And but the interesting thing, by the way, about the day that this was born is I had been off of Facebook all of 2021. I disabled the account. And that day I needed to go for my former work. I needed to make sure one of my colleagues was an admin because I was not going to be on this. And so I was going in to add her as an admin when I saw the news of Paul Fitzpatrick. And so it's really interesting because I wasn't on Facebook for what, nine months, eight months, eight and a half months. And that was the day that I saw it. So, you know, in my view, social media can bring a lot of good as well. And it's all about how you use it. And we all have a phone addiction. Like, I don't think there's really anybody that isn't somewhat addicted to this phone, you know, and they make it addictive. But it's up to you to put the boundary with yourself. And it's up to you to know when enough is enough. And then what do you look at? What are you, are you looking at 
content that brings you up? Or are you looking at content that brings you down? Jim's talking about ASMR and Tony <laughs> Robbins. So I imagine he's, he's kind of utilizing the tool, you know, for some learning and growth, which is great. Um, but also being okay with silence. That's a huge one, especially I know in Buffalo too, I grew up silence was like, to me, salience felt like something was wrong, you know, yeah. and, um, and I do love to talk. So it's like, that's a practice for me to come back and be like, can I sit in the silence? You know, what does that feel like? Oh, that's uncomfortable. You know, I Why think TikTok do I needs to, go on the to be like Canadian music. It's got to be censored where it's like every fourth video, like they just throw up like a math problem. Give, tell people what an that's adjective is again, like teach me how to use a comma. You know, every <laughs> fifth video, it's like, just give me something. Like, be like, this is where Russia is on the map. And you're like, oh, shit. You know, like, and then go to, like, trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a really good idea, to be honest, because I think there is a huge disconnect. I mean, where I am, like, I have teenagers around me in the surrounding houses, and I never see them. They're inside, on their computers, on their phone. Their parents are telling me. And I'm thinking, this is sad. This is really sad. Like, I had a blast growing up in South Buffalo. I was, you know, I was one of the boys because it was mainly boys in my neighborhood. And I, we were just playing hide and seek and like staying up, you know, and everybody's number was eight two something. <laughs> yeah, eight two three. Yeah. One, I won't finish my parents' number, but yeah, eight two three. Um, and, and it was fun. You know, we played and hung out with each other and like, you know, I had dirt all over our face and. You know, I think it's missing right now, and I see it in kids for sure. Like this is a this is also a community we need to really be paying attention to because these kids yeah. are are dealing with things that we have never dealt with at that age. And I see it, and I won't say you know people that I do, but I see it very clearly the effects of of the phone and social media on these young kids. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's pub let's pub the coaching in the newsletter. Where can we find you? How do we how do we give you money to help us? Tell the tell the listeners. <laughs> yeah, no. So all the events are free, by the way. There's a, there's always a donation option that just helps you know put some ads, spread the word, uh, maybe get myself a graphic designer because I'm like the one stop shop. I'm sure you guys can relate. Yeah. Um, so it just helps keep things go forward so I can continue to make it free. Um, you can go to a call to heal.com and sign up for the newsletter. That way you'll be updated with the different events. Um, and you can also go to the Instagram at a call to heal. Um, very simple. And there's all the links. You could watch the last one. There's an upcoming event. I'm really excited about a sound bath. Um, that's amazing. If you guys have never experienced it. Um, well, I took one the other day. Amazing. I, d How I was did it. It it, w it was different. It was different. I was expecting something a little different. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Did you I connect with the person doing it? D did you have like a good feeling from the person doing it? Yes. They didn't do a bad job. But then I went right okay. back to the ASMR. And then the smokes uh -huh. and coffee. <laughs> uh huh. But that's fine. I mean, it, it's really just flexing the muscle of awareness. Got, yeah. Like we you don't gotta, even yeah. judge each other. Yeah, you, know? you gotta you gotta branch out, man. You really do. I mean, it's, well, I just keep it, Jimbo in check. I'm not judging him. You know. Uh huh. It's just uh huh. Posture, Marky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you tried it. Like this is the whole point. Like try it and know for yourself versus going and just hearing what somebody else thought about something and then you never do it because they thought that. Like this is the whole point, right? Start trying things on for yourself 
and ASMR may work great for you. And then Mark's like, actually, you know, I like the um, acupuncture, or I like acutonics or, you know, and, and it doesn't matter as long as it's working for you, you don't really need to tell anybody else, you know, it's like, and then if it's working for you, you can share it with somebody else. And yeah. if you feel that maybe they're interested in it. So yeah, we do have a free sound bath um, by Alex Beckman and it's on February the 24th and uh, which is a Thursday. I'm kind of playing with time. So if people have feedback, I'd love to get feedback. Like what times work for people, what days work for people. Feedback is um, tough for us too. So yeah, just feedback. Don't, yeah. don't take that uh, as a in, you know <laughs> bad thing. If nobody gets back to you, people don't generally. Well, we'll be promoting that on February yeah. 24th, the sound bath. It, yeah. It's an interesting experience. Well, Meg, it was great catching up with you. And uh, Megan Mann, you're a coach, but now you are licensed to talk. Thank you for stopping by. <laughs> that, I got the stamp. I like that. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. And keep doing it. You know, it, this is an amazing platform you guys have going. So keep going with it. You as well. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. I hope to see you on February 24th. Thank you. Excellent. See Bye, you guys. there. Bye-bye.